0: to the Retail Corner Podcast. We're very excited today to have Liz Alessi. Liz Alessi has a very extensive history in the retail industry. She's been with Victoria's Secret. She's been with Mark Jacobs. And today she stands as Senior Consultant to the Executive Creative Director at Coach. How are you doing today, Liz? I'm great. How are you? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Enjoying great weather. I hear you, you're having amazing weather as well, right?
1: The weather is perfect, absolutely. And we have some... Weeks in Europe coming up too, so I'm excited to travel again, get out of the city.
0: Oh, that, that's so amazing. So how has how it go, been going now that everything's back to normal? Have you guys now really started to do your travel, or are you sticking a lot with like web conferencing? How, how is that flow going?
1: It's a little bit of both. I think people are definitely traveling again. There are some things that you just can't do over Zoom, and so I think everyone feels comfortable enough to travel and, and get those things going. But also I think we've learned how to work very efficiently and very well over Zoom. So, you know, I'm I'm very comfortable doing both.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it has increased the the efficiency of a lot of employees right across the industry. But to your point, you know, there's certain things that they're face to face, right? It builds that rapport, it builds that connection that yeah. you just cannot have over a computer.
1: And Absolutely. when you're building product too, you need to touch the product. You need to touch the material. So, that's important.
0: Yeah, yes, absolutely. So today we're going to be talking obviously about your areas of expertise, you know, which is, you know, sourcing and creating those sourcing structures and how the fashion you know industry really dictates that or it helps a lot in that process, right? So, but before we do that, give us a little bit of feedback for all the listeners out there, right, that are maybe not so familiar with what sourcing is and how fashion products really help dictate what the structure should be for that sourcing process.
1: Yeah, that's a really, that's a big question to start with, but I'll do my best. So, uh, really the sourcing world is about finding, um, materials and manufacturers, um, that are going to build and make the products that the brand really wants. Um, and there are so many different factors that go into it. The thing that I most care about, and I think that a lot of people in fashion are, are considering more and more is what is the effect of these choices on our environment and, uh, and on our people that we're working with. Um, so we're not just creating more and more products out there in the world, but how are we creating that product? And what materials are we using to go into that product? And then what can we do with that product at the end of its life when the customer no longer wants that product? So, um, so it's it's a lot of, it's a very complex question, and I'm sure we'll get into more of the detail like as we move along.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you so much for kind of giving us that overview. And and I really enjoy that you bring something up that, that I've seen very interesting, especially with the consumer shopping habits, right? There is a vast interest about what is making those raw materials? How is that purse made? How is that sweater made? And and now, I think more than ever, correct me if I'm wrong, consumers really care about that, especially young professionals, you know, that target audience between early 20s, early 30s. That's their main interest, right? It's not even so much the logo. It's not even so much, uh, you know, if it's a high-end brand or or middle-end brand, it's more about, obviously, the uniqueness of the product. But most importantly, what that product is made in, if it's helping the environment and if it's helping that process to kind of, you know, that go green type of effect and mentality that the youth really has and the awareness they have for the environment. Uh, And with that, how, how do you see like shopping habits processing? I mean, have you really seen that, that change or, or is it just, is it transitioning over to other target audiences or is it just really the youth that really cares about what those products are made of?
1: No, I actually think that it's more, it's more broad than just saying Gen Z or youth. I think it's, um, that there is a consumer, there's a a growing number of consumers, I should say to your point, who Mm. are very interested in this. And unfortunately it's a little bit of a complex landscape and, um, it can be confusing. There is a lot of greenwashing, um, out there. There are, there are claims being made that may or may not be true. And, um, I think, you know, all the intentions are good. Uh, It's just that some of these, uh, some of these things are a little bit more emerging in terms of our understanding of them, whether it's regenerative agriculture or um, certifying the carbon footprint of something. It's not always as easy as, uh, I don't know, leather working group, you know, standard gold standard. Like that's something we know it's tangible. We've been doing it for years. Um, You know, how do you certify something that's made from kelp? for example. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't know. So mm-hmm. a lot of it is just emerging. So I think that anyone who's trying to do something that is better than what was done before deserves kudos. Um, but we're all on this sort of learning curve together. And um, as hopefully more and more it will become less competitive just in, in general. And we can start to work together more in, in really understanding how to find these materials and how to certify them. So in terms of the customer, um, you know, you do have to to ask some of those questions, you know, like you can't just say something is sustainable. That doesn't mean anything anymore. The word doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to be sustainable? What, you know, what kind of certifications, third party certifications and verifications do you have that back up your claim? Um, And and from a consumer standpoint, we found too that, um, you know, consumers are much more interested in, in vintage and one of a kind pieces. Because fashion is, uh, is an expression of oneself. You know, you wear something because you want to feel a certain way or you want to be perceived as, uh, in a certain way. And so carrying something, whether it's a handbag or, you know, a, a wallet that is that is one of a kind that's really special. There's a market for it. Like coaches just um, not that long ago launched something called Coach Reloved. Uh, where we're taking older products and redesigning them in some way. So if there's a little scratch on the front of it, maybe we'll put a patch on it and then resell it. and it's and the sales are through the roof. People love this because it's unique. Uh, it's good for the it's good for the world. We're diverting any product from going to landfill, not that it was ever going to landfill, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's so there's so much uh, there's so much positive energy around it that we see a, a much more expanding business in the future.
0: Yeah. No. And talking about that, I, I saw a coach did that. And I also saw they, they did a lot of initiatives with uh, collaborations with different artists, right? Like uh, across the industry, you know, from Michael Basquiat to, uh, you know, artists from Asia and different type of artists. And I've seen that be such an amazing success, right? Because to your point, looking for that uniqueness and that correlation, I feel like the art world is more present ever uh, in everyday life of the consumer than ever before you know it's like they people now really identify and appreciate art and to mix that with merchandise I think that was just genius
1: yes that would be our executive creative director Stuart Favors who is he's a brilliant man
0: oh uh, that's that's amazing that is amazing and so talking about I'm sure you guys have a bunch of projects and a lot of things going on over there coach what, what is probably like the most exciting project or the one that, that you know Really thrives you on that's going on right now.
1: Well, it's a really good question. Is um, I I am excited about so many things, and in the role that I'm doing now, it's really early development. So it's advanced development. I'm working on things that you know might not be in the market for two years, sometimes five years, depending. Um, but I think that broadly speaking. One of the most exciting areas of the work that sourcing people to get back to your original question—if you're going to be really good at sourcing now, mm-hmm. you have to be really good at resourcing and using waste, because waste is really you know the elephant in the room for a lot of the issues that fashion brands have. Whether it's fit, extra finished product, I'm sure you've seen it in the news, um, to, to finish product, whether it's cutting room scrap, whether it's you know, take back product, whether it's damaged goods. So, you know, how do we deal with what we have and resourcing existing materials to utilize them in new products rather than going out and finding new materials, which is historically, you know, what I've been doing for 20 years. The next big thing is how do we use the materials we have? What is the best way to recycle leather? Leather is a profoundly... Um, valuable material, you know, it's not so much uh, valuable to the, to the total value of the cow, for example, but it's a, it's a material that lasts forever and it's meant to last forever. So you want to keep it in the hands of the consumer as long as possible by creating products that has really excellent quality. Then you want to help repair so we can get it back to the consumers. They can have it in their hands longer, but then as you get lower down the, the value chain, we have to start using this material in a different way. So, um, one of my favorite projects is a, a recycled leather uh, project that I'm working on with this interesting company, um, where we're making a new a new leather material out of scrap material.
0: Oh wow, wow! And how is that is that gonna be have the same durability, and then it's gonna have same type of like level that you would expect from the leather, or is it just? Yeah.
1: I'll give you a sneak peek because it's not an official coach style, but I can show you sort of uh, what's made a prototype bag out of this material.
0: Oh, nice. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks, that looks awesome. That looks so exciting. And when you're talking about recycling, I have this question that just came to mind. So I know like Apple, for example, right? They have this huge campaign, which is how they keep... Really, it's been a genius campaign, which is how they keep their end products, right? Which is pushing the customer to recycle by the products, right? And they're almost like buying by the products of older versions from the consumers to try to keep that upscale, right? And, and why to have the latest iPhone, why to have the latest AirPods, et cetera, et cetera. With this, do you foresee the retail industry when it comes to clothing, taking some initiatives into that As you're looking to recycle and kind of pushing the customer into, hey, now that you have an older product, maybe you're not using it, maybe stored away, you're thinking of throwing it away, come back to the store, get some sort of credit and get the latest and greatest that we have going on so that you guys can then, to your point, use those old merchandise as your source or not, maybe not the only source, but one of your sources of having, uh, you know, materials to recreate products with
1: absolutely and there are so many brands that are that have been doing it longer than coach has but we we have started doing a a a take back program um Mm -hmm. and and then that ties into the earlier project of what do we do with that material then what do we do with those bags when we do take them back so if they can be reloved we would relove them or if they need to be dismantled and then use the parts for um for recycling whether it's recycled leather or downcycling um So it's, it's, it's one of the biggest opportunities and one of the biggest challenges that brands have today. And the more complex your finished good is. So if you take a pair of jeans, you have only a few elements that go into the jeans. It's mostly, you know, it's denim, it's some hardware, it's some stitching,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: take a leather, a coach handbag There's probably 50 different ingredients in that bag from, you know, glue to filler to, you know, different hardware pieces. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a complex problem for for us as a brand and for all other goods and footwear has been sort of leading the charge too. You know, there are a lot of especially athletic footwear brands that are taking product back and have figured out what to do with that, with that. But it's the biggest, like I said, opportunity because you mm-hmm. can monetize it. Um, mm-hmm. also the biggest challenge and the more, technology, the more big brains that go into solving this problem, the faster we're going to get there. So I'm excited to be working with a few different companies that are really pushing that and trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, no, 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 absolutely. And talking about technology, right? What What is one emerging technology, to your point, that will make a big impact in the years to come? It, it,
1: All right. Well, one of my favorites, um, so I could talk about this forever, but one of my favorites <laughs> is algae and kelp. So, uh, so this is, I'm calling this aqua derived, but I think they're calling it like blue technology, um, rather than green. So it's not coming from a plant. It's Mm -hmm. coming from, um, algae or kelp, which you may or may not know is the, one of the fastest growing organisms in the world. Um, and it sequesters CO2 while, while it's growing. Um, and then it can be harvested, but while it's growing, it is helping the um, wildlife in the in the water or whatever wherever you're growing it, whether it's a farm or whether it's in the shoreline, and um, so it's sequestering the carbon. Then you can use the kelp, and it grows back. And um, you can make so many different things from algae and kelp. There's a wonderful company that I've been working with called Living Ink um, that makes black dye. Right now, they're doing printing on packaging for. Patagonia they just launched a t-shirt with Nike printing on the t-shirt um, and uh, I'm working with that company to make uh, leather black leather and uh, they're a really wonderful company but I think that's the that's the, a real emerging technology replacing petrol carbon with algae or kelp material some kind of a biomaterial.
0: Wow that's that's amazing that is that is so amazing that is great yeah <laughs> and and, uh, and let me ask you, when it comes to all the brands, right, and all the different initiatives that are out there, and, and of course, brands trying to stand out to be different because different is what's attracting the consumer to what everything we've been talking about, right? What do you feel like brands tend to miss when they talk about the true cost of their products, right? when they're trying to analyze that piece? Where where do you see opportunities there?
1: Yeah, I think this is a really big Problem And it's something that I'm very passionate about. Um, It's not a very popular topic for brands to be discussing, but I'll speak from a just historical perspective without using any brand name at all. This is Mm -hmm. how how it works in retail. The
0: trends that you've seen, yeah.
1: Yeah. So over the years, you know, uh, manufacturing, for example, has you know, maybe let's say it started in the U S and then it moved to South America and then it moved to China and then everyone had to get out of China to go to Vietnam. And then now maybe, uh, you're manufacturing in Myanmar or somewhere like that. Um, historically speaking, brands have been looking for, uh, quality, but low cost manufacturing. Like that's what, that's what the, the goal would be in terms of going overseas, um, if now, during the pandemic, I think the conversation has started to, to switch a little bit because there are two things that don't show up on a cost sheet, a traditional cost sheet. One is your CO2 impact, whether you're shipping material all around the world, what does that really look like? You pay the cost of the shipping, but not the CO2 impact of the shipping. And there is no social line item on the cost sheet either. So there's no line item saying this is what we're, we're going to be doing to help the people making sure they have a living wage, et cetera. Now there's uh, everything, these brands work in a very compliant way. So by no means am I saying that anything is happening that shouldn't be happening, Mm -hmm. but I think there needs to be a more overt conversation, especially about the CO2 impact. So, you know, this is public knowledge that a lot of leather hides come from the U S Um, there aren't that many tanneries left here in the U S so that material gets shipped overseas. Then it's made into leather, but then it may or may not be made into finished goods wherever the leather was made. So then that finished leather has to be shipped to a manufacturing and then the manufacturing is going to ship to a DC in another location. Mm -hmm. So, and there are all kinds of stats out there that I'm sure you could Google up that say like this thing has traveled X number of miles or like one time around the planet or something. Um, So I think that is, it's a big conversation that I think is going to become more and more um, of a topic because of petrol prices, because of shutdowns due to COVID, um, because of port congestion um, and raw material prices globally are, are,
0: are fluctuating so much. Yeah, yeah. Inflation is hitting everything. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And one one last question I have for you, and I always like to ask this of everybody, um, To everybody that listens out there, right? From executives to entrepreneurs to folks that are just maybe even thinking about starting their business and where to go and what's the best route. What is the one piece of advice that you would like to leave them with out of all the things you've experienced and you've been able to learn to your career?
1: Oh, I think that, uh, that's sort of an easy one. Um, it's the people. It's surrounding yourself with people who, uh, are like-minded and are excited to work on projects that are forward-thinking and open-minded, um, innovators, people that really get things done. Um, you know, the, the, no one likes to sit in the meeting and say, okay, let's have a follow-up in two weeks. And there's no, nothing that, that should be done in the, in the two weeks. So I think um, making sure that you're always building a network, um, making sure that the, your doors are open and your mind is open to, to thinking about new things. Um, unfortunately, like it's human nature, the longer you do something, the more kind of set in your ways you get. Um, but starting to think about learning something brand new, even if it's something that you've done in the past, like thinking sourcing is a great example. Mm -hmm. Sourcing new things is something that we all know how to do. That's what we've been doing for however many years we've been doing it. Now, thinking about how to resource things or how to upcycle things or how to recycle things, that's the new sourcing.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. It was so informative. It was so great. It's, it's so exciting, all the things you're working on, you know, and, and then we definitely look to forward into it. I think I would love to maybe have a conversation in a year and see, you know, where... Where you have these ideas and these initiatives, where they've been, how they've processed and how they've changed. And obviously more important, how they've affected our planet and how they've affected our industry. But it was a pleasure having you and thank you so much. And I think for everybody out there, we will have uh, Liz's information down here on the footer. So if you need help, if you need advice, I mean, she's a very well versed person when it comes to sourcing uh, and resourcing and, and innovating in between within that industry and within that capsule. Uh, So thank you so much, Liz. Have a great day and we'll see you soon.
1: Thank you so much. Stay
0: tuned. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.